afternoon and welcome to Doc Talk Podcast. We are Doc Talk Mobile right now. Uh, a little breezy out there today. We're going around checking out the waves on the South Shore, which is one of the most fun things to do on this island on a blow day. Uh, so to answer your question, it is going to be wavy out there today. Yep. How do we know that? How do we know that? Well, what's fun is this is actually, we've had a lot of windy days in the last two weeks, and this is the first windy day from the south. So, you know, we, we do this, this fun drive where we drive around the island on these days just to see what it looks like different places. And uh, on a north wind, it's, uh, it actually, the north shore can get really fun, but the south shore is not usually spectacular. Can we be honest? We kind of deserve some windy days, right? Like, the summer was almost perfect. It was pretty good. It's pretty good. I, I don't From know. a wind perspective. I don't know if I'm going to necessarily agree with that one. We, so I had no canceled days. That's pretty good. <laughs> I had a lot of uncomfortable days. I had, so, yeah, I mean, it's, if, if it's blown 15 to 20, you're still going, but it's uncomfortable. If it's yeah. blowing 20 plus, that's when you usually do the we no-go. We had a lot of days in the sort of 13, 14 to 20 range that were uncomfortable. Not much rain, but a lot of pop-up storms. A lot of pop-up storms. So we should probably apologize to everyone. I mean, I think we have like six dedicated followers, so thank you to you six who continue to listen to us. more. I'd say it's probably 20 is this sort of over-under number, I would say. No, no, no. But in any case, uh, it's been a while. Um, We did do a really awesome podcast, I think in like early July, which... The record button was never heard, or there was some technical yeah, difficulty. Little, little glitch. No, that was actually early August, because yeah. that was when Chris was back. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There were a few beers consumed, which maybe was the reason for not having the record button hitting. Wow. Well, a lot Did of white water. Did you see that uh, Cisco came out with a dock blogger? Uh, yeah, uh, you mentioned that, and it's, I... It's actually pretty good. You've ha- so, so you've I, had I'm it. Just, I'm just calling it the dock talk blogger, so... Yeah, so we'll just bring a sharper every time we go to the brewery and we'll be all set, right? Yeah, just just order a Doc Talk lager, you know? So have we had a conversation with uh, the brewery yet about potentially uh, doing it? No, but I think we've got our, our out right now. Yep. Just well, maybe, rename it, you know? That sounds like an afternoon plan to me, huh? <laughs> it's a great afternoon plan. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we're looking at Surfside right now, and uh, I know why they named it Surfside right now. Maya Comet Rip is roaring. That's one of my favorite. That's actually probably my favorite place to look at on these. Yeah. Between that and the opening out in Mattaquet. Um At least by a comet you can drive and get close to usually. Yeah. The other one, fun one, and we're getting towards the season, which is, uh, I don't know when they start really opening things up. Maybe it's after Columbus Day when you can just drive all the beaches. Yeah. And then you can really get a good if look. If there's any it. beach left. Yeah, it's a good point. Well, we yeah. were uh, on our hiatus. We lost quite a bit of beach at, like... West Cisco. What's interesting is like every spot that gets the buzz on erosion, like Madikit has a lot of buzz. Uh, obviously, it wouldn't have happened in Sconset this time of year with these waves because it all came about with Hurricane Tommy kind of eroding. But Cisco's kind of uh, the spot now, a little worrisome. It is worrisome. <laughs> is the uh, real estate broker, is the like 
Cisco community worried about it? Because it seems like a lot of that erosion, as Chris said, was, is West Cisco. Like, where there are some homes, but it's not... There's not enough homes to really kind of draw a buzz, but it should be worried about it, honestly. Like, you look at those homes that are, like, Cisco proper, where the beach is, and there's still ample erosion there. And, man, some of them sit a couple hundred feet back and eight to ten feet of erosion a year. Uh, but what did we lose in that... that this sort of the last two weeks, forty was it forty five feet? Uh, somewhere around there. I, I mean, so. literally, I could not believe it. So, I think you were with me. We were. Uh, we were all together. We were all together. We were running down the south shore, and look up, and a house that had not been on our radar screen as a potential fall in. Look up is after that first big nor'easter two weeks ago. Look up, and you see the foundation, and it's just like, oh my god! The porch was in. Yeah. Well, if we're going to talk about the cool part about that storm, how about those surfers? They are awesome. Yeah. It's fun. They, so the surfers come out on those those days, you know, and this island's got, I can't guess, 15 to 20 just like studs and then probably another whole bunch that are just beyond those studs um, that, you know, they come out on days like that. It's a great spectator sport. It is a great spectator. I got a great video actually from Attica Beach. Really? Yeah. Um, Do you know who it was? I don't. It, it's long hair, so that, that doesn't necessarily change much in the surfing community. I was hoping yeah. it might be Brooks. Um, yeah. I don't think it was. It's um, always fun to just... I watched Parker Hall people. drop into some waves. Yeah. And Parker, as a kid, I coached in hockey for a while, and he coached in lacrosse. And watching a, a young man like that, who always kind of saw him as a high school kid, just... He's a stud, man. He's awesome. But, then, but he's like a ton of these guys out here. It's And I love watching... Even the younger guys hop into it. I saw boogie boarders. So it's cool. I'm but, too much of a wimp to hop out but there. But Parker's a great... Not that I would do anything. Oh, I'm a wimp in that regard. But Parker's a great, like... He's a great example of... To go tangential with this is... Like, so many so many people we talk with and take fishing, it's like their kids are all about sports. And yeah, I get it. Parker's one of the kids. He played organized sports throughout, but he wanted to surf. He wanted to fish. He's just... A, he, he was an I Nantuck- saw him on Tucker Nuck the other night fishing. He's just a Nantucket kid who wants yeah. to go out and do cool things. And it's like, is, is, are you more concerned with raising your kids so they can go play college sports? Or you want to raise a kid who, at 20, how is he, 20, 21? He's on Middlebury yeah. like right now, I think. Um, can go out and pick up a board and go surf anything. I'll take the surfer. Yeah. You know, like, that's awesome. Go pick up a fishing rod and hang out with, with guys. Go travel the world. You know, anyway, that's an aside. So, so uh, talk me through some of the fall fishing. What do you think? What, what's been going on? It's been, like, we had, like, four or five days off, but it got pretty good after that, huh? It's been, um, September's been highs and lows, honestly. It's been unpredictable. Um, there's some days when you're out there and you're like, phew, this is just awesome. Like, even yesterday's a classic example of I searched for fish, and then when I finally found them, they were pretty thick. And we're getting them up on pencil poppers, bass, every third cast, you know. And But you had to work to find them, you know. And then Cameron, you're the same way. You fished, what did you do yesterday? You fished, I went west, real west towards the vineyard and, and fished the rips there. And uh, there were albies on the surface. Unfortunately, there was so much fog you could barely see in front of you. So you had to see these fish like off your bow to cast to them. But and you, uh, amazingly, my angler couldn't get to them. But it was still like... Good efforts, good efforts all so around. That, so that's what's hard about... So there's a couple things about the fall. But you had to search before you found those fish. They didn't oh, just... Yeah. They weren't in your nose. 
and that's one of the things I say to people all the time this this time of year is we're fishing. Like yeah. we're gonna go out and fish. We're not like it's September. I, I get probably three or four texts a day. Hey, where can I go catch fish? And you can't this time of year say, go to Great Point or go to this rip. You can't say that. This time of year, you put them on the boat and like, we're going fishing. And I don't know what to tell you, but like... We had it so easy for a day in the opening where these fish were exploding on every cast and nothing changed to the next tide or the next day. And poof, they're gone. But that's it. Like right now, and that's September fishing... We all love because it's challenging and it's rewarding. But what we need to make sure most anglers realize is that the challenge is really fun. The reward is really fun, but it ain't easy. And, you know, like I went out the other day and I got three albies, a handful of bluefish, lost a couple more albies and one bass. I don't think we caught 10 fish total and it was a great day. Like that's, you know, and then within those days... In the month of September, you'll have eight or ten trips that are f- ten to twenty albie days. They happen, but they're not your your quote unquote norm. So, um, the other thing too about this time of year is a lot of this is angler specific. Where Cameron, I'm going to ask you a very pointed question on your charter yesterday. If Chris Bell had been your angler, how many albies would you guys have boated? Uh, probably six, <laughs> seven fish. And how many would you have hooked? Uh, probably eight to ten. And then with your angler as was, how many did you hook? Uh, we hooked one. And how many did you boat? Yep. <laughs> so I, Plenty of some, some bluefish. It was awesome. But, and I'm not, this sounds like we're ripping on the angler, which we are to a degree. <laughs> but it's also like, it's, it's honestly, I, I joke with people all the time if they start ever giving me crap about the lack of fish. I go, my job is to show you the fish. Your job is to catch the fish. <laughs> it's that simple. Like... I can put you near them and show you where they are. And I, my job is to provide a platform for which you then go catch them. I don't actually catch them for you and hand you the rod. I can do that if you want to for no extra charge. That's where sometimes it'd be nice to just have a... Because this is the time of year where you need... Not necessarily need to, but it is a lot easier if you have a good angler on board. Like, you're <sighs> stopping at rips on the way out to one spot and you just need to get a few good casts into one specific area to just to see if they're there um but and, and there's other, the other thing too is there's not a lot of fishing right now that if you have four newbies on the boat that you can go like oh we can go here and just bend rods yeah. there's not much rod bending fishing i mean there's some if you go out west some of the rips out there are pretty good but you got to make sure you're getting that on the right tide some of that out there you can go out and get you know, eight to twelve bass blues and maybe an albie or two mixed in. That's sort of the one. We haven't really fished it though. The east side of the island, like on the beach, there's been really good bluefish action. So we just haven't targeted that really. Yeah, uh, but you, it's hard to run, you know, on a trip, forty-five minutes, hoping that that's sitting there. You know, it's like back. Oh, I know. I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah. that's my my point is there's no like, oh, you guys are new to fishing. You guys want to go bend some rods? There's this. You know, that's, again, it's challenging but rewarding at the same time. And we're not, if we're coming across negative, I'm not trying to. It's more like, that's fall fishing. But the reward is there. And listen, if you put your time in, there's, you go out there five, six, seven times, you're going to have 10 to 15 Albi days it's just because they're out there. Chris, you know, you know what I really want? And I think you had the other day with your dad. I want just that big bass pulling on my line. Yeah. You and your dad got some over at Monomoy the other day, didn't you? No. Oh. We didn't go up there. I thought you went up there. 
Um, I, I just have that. Yeah, we're all hoping for it. Yeah. <laughs> I had that one, and it's it wasn't massive, but that one fish we had in the slam, yeah. that was a nice, it was fun to see that one come up, and that was mid-30s. Um, and there's a bunch of those out there. You're not going to get 10 yeah. fish in the mid-30s, but you'll get a bunch in the 26s, 28s, and then there are that random bigger fish yeah. mixed in. So There's been a lot of posted in that 40 inch range, not a lot, but enough um, for the tournament, which uh, is super cool to see. And, and talking to other guys, there's more fish yeah. out there than you know about. Um, probably the biggest fish that I've heard of have all been from the South Shore. Really? Yeah, I've heard several fish over 40 inches caught. Not like, to me, a bomb considering this year, but not too fat a fish, but yeah. really good length of fish. Uh, considering what we're looking at right now, I don't think we'll see that in the next couple of days. But uh, it's that time of year to be plugging away on the South Shore again. You know, I know the best part about bass fishing right now. It's bass fishing historically, or it just is, it's much better at night than it is during the day. We can actually do it at night. First off, we're not necessarily waking up early, early, but you can go at 7.15 now, and that's now dark, which yeah. kind of stinks for a lifestyle standpoint. 7.15 p.m. P.m., yeah. yeah. But it's like, I don't know, I had fun fishing the other night from uh, like 8 to, to 11, and that was really reasonable night fish, and we got a bunch of fish, and it was awesome to be out there. Yeah, I hear you. I think we're, there's... Um, That's the old man in me, I guess, or the fact that I'm not waking up early right now. Well, it's also like, we, we talk about fun timber, which is we can go down that path in a moment, and we all love September and fun timber, and it's, we love it because it's... It's sort of August is done. The August crazies is done. You know, the people who are here are a lot more low-key. and But it's still busy. The one thing that starts happening in October is the busyness starts going away. Yeah. Like, September is awesome a month as it is. And the weather's you know, still usually fairly warm. It's just it now October, or what we call Rocktober, is really, truly an awesome month. Maybe it, it might be merging into my favorite month. Because you got scallops, Cameron. To your point, you can go fishing at seven or eight at nighttime, um, and go put an hour or two and still be in bed by nine thirty. Old man and us, you know. Um, you know, if you got an early morning trip, it's a six thirty seven a.m. early morning trip, and we still have a bunch of albies popping around, yeah. um, and a lot more. I mean, Chris and I fished together yesterday. That was awesome, just to get on the water for a couple hours. So, I'm really, I'm Rocktober is really going high in my. Uh, yeah. So give me give me some, like a, a big memory of yours from the summer, Chris, fishing wise. Some something that really sticks out, or if I put you on the spot too much, of course, if you've got it. Like we took a good two or three month gap, but it was an awesome two or three months. Like, is there like I, something stupid that sticks out at me is like catching um, northern kingfish in the harbor. <laughs> like, like I, we always joke about our species count, um, not necessarily in a given year, but like over our lifetime fishing here and for me it's been awesome because i've added trout all three species of trout and northern kingfish to my uh repertoire like something like that is there something that's kind of stuck out at you so one thing that stuck out with me is going to sound a little silly this is this is the best blue fishing year we've had in a long time and you could easily point towards south shore surface blue fishing which is awesome but i remember I think it was early July, probably. I was um, out at Six Can, which is one of my absolute favorite places to fish, and you usually get a bunch of big bass. And the fish were on the surface ahead of the edge on a west tide, and we were picking at bass. And then this guy on the trip, he's probably an 18-year-old kid, strong kid, hooks into a fish, and it just goes. And I've gotten probably my biggest, four or five biggest bass I've ever gotten 
are on the west tide at six can so this thing i mean it was doubled over and i'm like this is a big fish i honestly expected to see 45 to 50 inch bass coming up well i'll tell you what came up was a 41 inch bluefish that is a massive <laughs> fish and like why in my head does a 41 inch bluefish kind of the first thing that comes to my mind when you say like you know memory from the summer is because we had some just massive i didn't weigh that thing because i didn't have a scale on the boat um i guess i had a boat guy could have done it with but i just put it on the the tape and it was just it one of the if not one of the top bluefish i've ever caught yeah. and it, what, if you were to guess how much it weighed probably 18 to 19 um and the other thing that's so cool is that in my mind, I had a 45-plus-inch striper on the end of it. And when I saw a 41-inch bluefish, I was more excited. Yeah. You know, it's like, which sounds crazy, but, like, relatively speaking, a 41-inch bluefish is a bigger fish than a um, than that size bass. Not just from a fight, but, like, that's equivalent to a probably mid-50s to low-60s bass. Like, that's a massive fish. So, anyway, that was probably the one that sticks out to me if we're talking about a singular fish. I think it's huge. Um, probably just a couple weeks ago, I think we were kind of had planned to go to over to Tuckernuck, just kind of hang out. Um, but it ended up being not a beach day. I'm like, all right, let's go try the opening out. And I called Corey and like, oh, just get down to the South Shore. And it was pretty foggy right out front Surfside here. And like, you just driving in circles? Yeah, just waiting for them to pop up. And sure enough, I think. Everybody was able to hook one in probably an hour or so. Everybody hooked one. I think we totaled six albies. Like everybody else was like their first albie that they've hooked. And That's awesome. So, so another one along those lines is it was just we fished together a couple times this summer. Not at not as, uh, this September. Not as much as I think we'd like to. But there was another one where was on your birthday. I think it was on your birthday, yeah. where Matt uh, Rainwater, one of our closest friends, um, Chris Bell and I, we just, we had an open morning. It was like, let's go do this. And so we went down and fished Pochick for those Albies. And it was just, and Cameron we invited, but he had familiar responsibilities. And um, so he, he came in via FaceTime for a large portion of it. Yes. <laughs> which, which, I, which we're looking to do, by the way. We're acting, adding technology to the boat maybe next year. Yeah, that's what we are looking to do. That's so you can call in and see what's happening. In fact, in fact, quickly, we just added technology to our cars, which is not new technology, but the whole uh, BFO fishing crew and any others that want to join in, we've added CB radios. So we can all be in constant communication. Yes, it's somewhat wintertime fun. So it's like it's it's like one of those where you're like, hey, anybody available for lunch? It's twelve thirty, and yeah. you got fifteen guys with radios out there. Someone's like, yeah, I'll do. Uh, here, there's a special going over on Glidden's right now. <laughs> See you at ten. Yep. So should we uh, just use our our boat names? Yeah, as call, as, oh, as call signs. I like that. Handles. I like that. That's what I'm thinking. Yep. What, what's the Parker? Senorita. Senorita. Yeah. Is that this year? Uh, that's new this year. Okay. Yeah, Senorita. Or if, if, Ver- if Mike uh, gets involved, we'll uh, have Victoria Vaughn. I thought it was Veronica. Yeah. Veronica Vaughn. Yeah. Veronica yeah. Vaughn. A little Billy Madison reference. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the other quick one to finish off on this. I mean, we whacked that day. Albies on the fly. Albies on the spin. Yeah. And I mean, it was ten. My to f- first Albie on fly, right? Yeah. Was it? Yeah. And it was ten to fifteen. <laughs> we probably had ten to fifteen Albies that day. Yeah. And a bunch of bluefish mixed in, too. I have a quick uh, would-you-rather fishing question. Ooh. Would you rather, and this is for the rest of your life, 
use a the equivalent of a pond rod or a 12 foot surf stick eliminator and those are, that's the only rod you can ever use for the rest of your life oh that's a tough one it's one of the tough ones because <laughs> i don't like using super light rods like a like a little pond rod is it's like a can't wait to go watch you fish maxis with a 12 foot <laughs> eliminator i got that's i'm going pond rod i'm fight all the time so, so beach fishing a great point in any sort of wind's pretty much out. And even beach fishing's pretty much out for you. I'm going pond rod just for the fun. Like that 12-footer sucks. I mean, <laughs> like you're going to fish for two minutes and you're like, eh, done. So I'm definitely going it. I'm just saying the, the, what makes this question so good is as bad as the 12-footer is. Yeah. The pond, like I fished with one client on his boat, and I love fishing with this guy. He's just awesome. But he uses these 6'6 six, six, um, little water. green waters that are super light and it's like a you cast half as far as like our eight foot terramars that i love and secondarily you um uh when you're fighting a fish like it's a 25 inch fish i mean it feels like a 40 inch which is fun but when you're in the rips and you just want to like go up and get the next round you're like come on you know (laughs) so i i say that i'll probably answer pond rod because I, i love trout fishing and i love some of the smaller stuff but that eliminates all offshore for you. That eliminates probably most of your rip fishing if you're just using a pond rod. Uh, I, is it an indestructible pond rod? It's a replaceable pond rod. So indestructible means, like, yeah, obviously it won't break. Is it an ugly stick? Yeah, it's goes on an ugly stick. Right. Glow in the top tip. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what uh, the value of those but the fact are. is, if, it, if you're overusing it on a big fish, it will break, and then you lose your chance of catching it. I think we're all going pond rod. We all like a little bit of challenge. And I don't really want to be driving around a 12-foot stick on my car all the time. And that has to be a white eliminator, Daiwa eliminator. That's a big rod. Yeah. Yeah. That's a big rod. Any reel of choice? Or you can choose your reel of choice. I just asked the rod question. Yeah. Yeah. God. That's another question. There are some bad reels out there. (laughs) Like, like, I might keep me from fishing if I had to use the wrong reel. I mean, some of that stuff where the handle's about to break off, you know. I yeah. even, I even, you know, so I know some people like the old pens, you know, spin fishers. But I've used a couple of those this season. They're not good reels, <laughs> like, when you compare them to what we have today. Like, yeah. I mean, they're good for what they were, but I don't understand why people stick with them, you know. How about Daniel getting married? Why are we waiting for that? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, he's, uh... Is he on his honeymoon now? Oh, a little time away. I think yeah. he's up in Maine. Congrats, I'm buddy. Serious. I didn't know that. Is he? Yeah. 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 There you go, buddy. Do a little hiking, do a little hand holding, maybe a little uh, wine sipping. I'm proud of you, bud. You grew up. Good work. <laughs> That's great. Where's he doing it in Maine? Uh, Portland, I believe. Yeah, Last but I think, time I yeah, I think they were going to bounce around. That's we know, it's scene. Dino. He's on the no plan plan. He is. He's he going to get up there and figure it out. And that's what I love about Aaron and his wife, that he's cool with that. <laughs> it's pretty awesome, you know. He is definitely on the no plan plan. <laughs> I've never heard that before. Yeah, it's awesome, though. But he's going to have a great time, whatever he's doing. That guy, that guy embraces it. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, yeah, good for him. I didn't realize that they'd gone away on a honeymoon. Yeah, it, uh, I, I love what they did. Dana's a no-nonsense guy and just a very casual wedding on the beach and took advantage of the COVID situation. And, uh, it wasn't, they didn't feel pressured to have too many people there and it was very much his and Aaron's style. I'm not going to 
going to come out sounding wrong here, but I have to say it. I, Jen showed me the pictures. That wedding dress, hot. <laughs> she, she looked hot. Oh, she's a total hottie. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well done, Dan. Oh, I'd was, say we're all, we're all uh, yeah, out putting our coverage. <laughs> we are def- <laughs> I don't know. Like, yeah. all the females in our life are definitely well beyond what we should be executing on. Is that a poor way to say I love you, babe? Uh, either not only in the hotness, but in how they put up with us, too. I think there's going to be a day when they all just leave us in the same day. <laughs> I mean, I think we got it coming to us at some all right, point. Are you all go, going out fishing together? All yeah. right. Yeah, you guys are going to go fish together? We're going to go down to the bar. <laughs> We're going down to crew together. Yeah. We're going to find that $10 million man, and uh, you guys are done. I took Morgan, my uh, eight-year-old daughter, out to uh, Great Point the other day. It was awesome. Just She snuck down to my bed, and I, I kind of woke up at like 5, 5.15. I was like, I'm going to go. And she woke up with me. I'm like, ah, bummer. What do I do here? So she goes, I told her I was going fishing, go back to bed. She goes, ah, dad, can I go with you? And this moment of like, uh, I was kind of psyched to just like go fish hard for a couple hours. I'm like, of course I'm going to take my daughter. So I took her out there and literally we're driving out the driveway and this girl cannot stop talking. Like sometimes just like Corey, but also like (laughs) me a little bit, just stop, talk, talk, talk. And she goes, dad, thanks for letting me come. But would you rather fish on your own or with people? And I was like, Morgan, I love that question. And I was like, you know what? There are times where I just love fishing on my own because it's peaceful and like I'm on my own schedule and I kind of do what I want. But really, I love fishing with people because it's all about sharing the experiences. And I turn, how about you? And she goes, yeah, I feel the same. (laughs) And I go, so you fish on your own? She goes, no, never have, but I think I'd like it. (laughs) She goes, I'm a little concerned about taking the fish off the hook, though. And I'm like, yeah, I like that. So that's a question. Yeah, that's great. But it's good. It's like, would you rather fish on your own or with others? And then there's like, there's these times where it's like almost going to church where it's like, yeah. I'm just going on my own. It's quiet, enjoying the morning, a cup of coffee. Um, so to ask another question. So of the potential, um, of all the people you guys know that fish, and we know a lot of diehards and people who are comfortable, but like we know a lot of people who are incredibly casual too. What percentage of the people that we know, and think about the whole breadth of everybody, that if you saw them land a fish, either on the beach or a boat, you'd be comfortable with them taking the hook out? Talking treble or single? Let's go treble because most of the lures that are sold in this world, which sucks, is our treble. But let's just say there's a treble. So we're at Surfside Beach. We're right down there. You know, and of all the people you know who can go down there and fish, what, what percentage I are comfortable taking that hook out without killing that fish, or putting a hook in their finger? There's a lot of possibilities here. I don't know. It's kind of like the raising a kid type thing. Like, like are they gonna stick a fork in the light socket? And if they do, are they actually gonna get killed? Well, yeah, they're probably gonna end up sticking in the light socket, but they probably won't, they won't actually get hurt, and they won't do it again. So it's like. While I cringe watching all these kids and what they're going to do, and are they going to jump off the loft, it's 12 feet high, like any number of things where they could kill himself in any moment. I, 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 I think I have, I think the, I, I'm going to answer that question two ways. One, I'm going to have cringeworthy over 80%, watching 80%, but I think actually 80% will do just fine taking yeah. it out. It's a good answer. Yeah. I will definitely cringe on 80%. <laughs> Like, oh, come on, come just look on. Away. Yeah, just like away. Yeah. 
yeah, there are times when it's like the debate last night. You just have to look the other way. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. Turn your head. That's turn your, turn your ears off. Yeah, that's like me in bad portions of TV shows. I just put my phone and start looking at it. And my wife's like, "Why are you? Why aren't you paying attention?" Because I don't want to right now. Something bad's gonna happen. <laughs> it's, just, it's the exact same thing with these fish. Cam, it's easier for you probably to answer, but when's the last time you fished by yourself? Oh, um... I remember seeing you out there a couple weeks ago. Yeah, it's definitely easier for me. I, I went like a week ago. I, I sneak out quite a bit on my own if I can. I'd love when Maddie gets fishing well and I hop out in uh, our park or Senorita and just for an hour and a half because I got no agenda. If I catch nothing, I don't really care. I just like to try some different stuff, like poke yeah. around, tuck and knock. And then great point. I actually, I was talking about that this morning. I, I generally in the fall I'm out there kind of two or three days a week and I haven't been as much but I have snuck out there a few times yeah it's a, I haven't been out there at all yet and it's the same thing it used to go one or two times a week Just, I don't know I don't want to rather be on the boat in this right now I guess you know what, and I'm gonna sound like super negative I just, I'm frustrated with the seals I had uh, probably four or five experiences there in August and early September where I just felt like I was killing fish needlessly. So yeah. Kyle Snow, who I, I love, and he's out there probably more than anyone, he now just sits in a, a lawn chair until those seals clear out, and then he fishes hard. Gotcha. Um, so I, it, it's definitely discouraged me a little bit and forced me to the boat a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, but it is what it is. Like, as much as we complain, nothing's happening. So you got to fish smarter, not harder. Yeah. Yeah. Corey, when's the last time you fished alone by yourself? Uh, oh, I actually can't answer that. Um, I was going to say... In 2008. <laughs> Maybe. I was going to say Tuckernock back in May. Um, but that wasn't it. I actually dropped... And I randomly like doing this as I dropped a client off in um, in town. Uh, had to have been early to mid-August. And I came back through and the Bonita were bouncing around to town. And I said, screw it. And I... I had time to kill. I don't know whether it was between trips or end of the day, but I just went out and, you know, casted at a, some fish that other people were casting at, and I didn't want to deal with that. It was frustrating just watching all these boats converge, so I just said, screw it. And I just went out to the end of that east uh, jetty and just sat there, and I blind casted for a moment. I stopped. But I was like, I'm just going to stay in her wait, and I waited for, like, 15 minutes, did nothing, and just watched, and all of a sudden, like, a kid being rewarded for whatever like a huge pile came up and was just pushing at me I'm like okay <laughs> gonna get my shot here yeah gonna get my shot here and then they literally came right at me it was I took one cast and you know well done a Benita and I sat there for 10 more minutes had a bluefish come by got a bluefish and waited 10 more minutes nothing else I went back yeah. so it was awesome speaking of Benita we got some work tomorrow so today is the last day of September tomorrow being the first day of October uh, we got to catch some Benita in the next couple days, and I have no reason to believe they're not here uh, after this little blow, after we've had really a really good, a decent number caught in the last four or five days. But isn't that crazy to think that we're going to have Benita from June through October? If we can catch one? Yeah. That's a good I hope I just didn't jinx us, but, like, that's crazy. It's a good challenge. Yeah. It's a good challenge. Because we just had them so early. I mean, normally, at, at July, August, September is not hard. June is crazy, and I think October is kind of a 50-50. But might as well extend it to a five-month Bonita season. That's good for marketing, right? Uh, that'd be awesome. So the other question is, is there, a, and this kind of 
uh, loaded question. Is there a um, is there a lure that you've been using or you've used it all this year that you haven't used previously that has sort of been like, oh, this is a nice new lure to add to my repertoire? I do like those uh, the Wuhan minnows. The Wuhan minnows? <laughs> yeah. Straight from China. Yeah, we... we uh, it was a shot in the dark, but... Uh, yeah, I'll... Got an Albi on them. Yeah. Yeah, and so it was an Alibaba order back in May that it showed up in July. <laughs> so this, this, shouldn't, this shouldn't become as a surprise based on the name of the lure, but um, Albi snacks have been my go-to for Albies, whereas I think in the past I'd been using them as a soft bait and my go-to for bass in years past and epoxies, but... It has way outfished epoxies, in my opinion, this fall. And I bet I'd probably historically caught uh, 10 albies on them. So it's just like it's a secondary lure for me. But now it's definitely my primary albie lure. Well, the other thing I think we're all doing that that now that we haven't, I know I haven't done much before because I I use albie sacks a lot in the spring. Um, But I'm putting a weighted head on that, uh, like a half ounce weighted head. And not the weighted hook, but for me, the weighted head is making all the difference because yeah. it stays about a half an inch to an inch below the water surface no matter how fast you reel it in it's a really well designed head um, and so I, I've been using that and feeling really comfortable about catching fish you know really comfortable so you know well it's fun to get back together I yeah. love this and hopefully we pump out a bunch of these before uh, Mr. Bell leaves and yeah. go into the fall do that um, we owe it to you guys. I think we'll keep getting stories. I know I want to talk about next time we get together some of my offshore experiences this summer because that was a highlight for me. I I spent a lot more time to the south of the island than I have in the past and learned a ton and saw stuff I've never seen before. And I think we all have that deep in our kind of thought basis, but we just kind of got together quickly and uh, are trying to rehash some memories. But uh, I think there's some huge highlights from the season that we can't di- wait to deep dive into. And in the next couple times, we're going to have some highlights from the recent weeks, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's a lot more to come. Um, yeah, I think we, I think I'm, I was a little pessimistic after that last blow, but I'm a little bit more optimistic that we're going to have some decent fishing for the next, you know, kind of two to three weeks. Yeah. And the weather and the long-term pattern actually looks pretty good. A lot of south. A lot of south and um, pretty steady, actually, with a few bl- big blow days, but their singular days which is actually usually pretty good for the fishery yeah. so I think we're going to have some good fishing ahead of us and then we'll try and get some more of these the next couple of weeks before Chris leaves and then um, sad that we're thinking about that already but cool well thanks for tuning in thanks for sticking with us and uh, all the support out there oh. I, uh, I actually met up with a college buddy just so happened to see each other on the vineyard it's like, oh man, I love the love the podcast. Yes, <laughs> but that's where I'm actually like, yeah. like you're saying, how many followers do we have? There's a lot more random people that I get great comments yeah. from. It's like, hey, what's going on with this? Or like, I'll use a treble hook randomly with an Albie, and they're like, I thought you were only single hooks. I'm like, God, <laughs> man, you're right. Here we go. I am 90% single hooks, but you know, the Albies when you miss one, you're like, okay, I'm gonna put that treble on. Um, but um, but yeah, I think we have a lot more followers than we think. Yeah. So we're gonna have fun. Everyone, be good. Take All care. Right. Catch some have sculpts a- tomorrow. We'll see you in the morning, Chris. Have a great day. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Catch them up. <laughs> <laughs>